0: Hey guys welcome back Uh, a few things before we get started don't forget we have our promo codes available for hopewell farm cbd if you're looking to try a new cbd hopewell farm is amazing they have some incredible products they don't just have the oils they have the skin salves and they have some other stuff uh you get 10 percent off all their products with promo code journey to truth 10 that link is below omnia radiation balancer if you don't know what that is it is a device you put on any or a patch you put on any radiating device, Wi-Fi routers, cell phones, computers, TVs, whatever it is, uh, it balances the harmful EMF field that our radiation that's coming in, and it turns it into something that's actually beneficial for your body. It doesn't block it, but it harmonizes it. It balances your own energy field. They also have pendants, which you can wear, and it, and it also... Uh, You can't really stick a patch to yourself, but you can wear a pendant and it helps uh, just protect yourself. So we're not getting bombarded with all those negative frequencies. Promo code TRUTH, all caps, gets you 10% off of those products. And we are also now affiliated with our friend Mason Fury with Merlin's Lab. And he makes these amazing orgone pyramids. This is the largest one. There's different sizes. Uh, These things are incredible. They're made with real copper. The capstones are kind of unique to what he's doing. Uh, these also aid in uh, blocking and protecting from EMFs. So if you're looking for something like that, you can also get 10% off his pyramids with promo code TO TRUTH, all caps. All of those links are below. And as always, our Teespring merchandise is 20% off all the time with promo code 20 and back. That link's below also. All right. The boring part's over. <laughs> uh, today, we are joined by Eliana the Star Traveler. She's an author, experiencer of UFOs, ET, secret space programs, past lives, all the above. Um, she's written a few great books. We're going to get into some amazing stuff, in particular, surrounding the technology that's used in space and these programs, uh, even, even our, our military, Like you know, just everything that's available out there that we don't have access to. We're going to get into a lot of that and her involvement with some of that. And who knows what else welcome to the show
1: hi nice to meet you guys
0: yeah great to nice, have you, yeah, great to have you. Yeah. nice to meet you also um we're looking forward to this i will turn it over to you allow yourself to give a little bit of a better intro just let people our audience who might not know who you are let them know you know how you got into this and uh what you're all about and then we'll go from there
1: yeah so uh my name is eliana and that's my spiritual name And I am a psychic, I am an Akashic Records reader, I'm an experiencer, having to do with the secret space program, UFOs, ETs, and I I have had experiences with extraterrestrial abductions since the age of two. I had been abducted by reptilians, those were the very first memories that I had recurring of being taken to a Rostov Basis underground by black drowser reptilians and sort of green yellow shrub and victus looking reptilians where my immune system had been changed and blood had been changed when I was a little girl it was to try to kill me but it didn't kill me it my energy saved me and I had been abducted until 10 years old by these reptilians doing all kinds of I would say experiments with my blood and my immune system. So those were the first memories I've had of dealing with extraterrestrials, not pleasant ones. And then I've had memories of just being a star traveler in different past lives, traveling to different planets, learning about different extraterrestrials, mediating um, peace negotiations and stuff like that. And just talking with the different ETs, what their needs were, what their cultures were, um, meeting different councils, federations in past lives. So I've had memories of that resurfacing quite a bit since 2013. And then in 2014, I had the secret space program stuff come in in memory recalls, where basically I remember serving on Mars doing the 16 back quantum timely program with planetary corporations and doing a lot of weird type of tech stuff, um, regeneration medicine, all that stuff. So this is basically my experiences in working with a reptilian insectoid hybrid guide on the Mars basis named Zagor. He's basically 14 feet tall. He's green, has black eyes, and wears a smart suit that's black and red. So he's he's always been around. He's helped me to protect my energy he's helped me to navigate all this program stuff um and he was also recently involved in some genetic interesting things in alexander the great's tomb under jordan and that's a whole other big story
0: that's wow that's really interesting um wasn't it harry hubbard so there's a theory also that was it alexander the great made it to the Mm -hmm. uh u.s yeah, And they think that they're like, there's a location not far from us where his tomb could have been. They found a bunch of Egyptian gold and all the stuff. Artifacts. Artifacts. Mm-hmm. And, and they think that it ties to him. Uh, and so I don't know what's true or what's going on with that. But there's no doubt that there's evidence of an uh, ancient Egyptian culture that had made its way in the southern Illinois. Even some of the towns are named like Cairo and stuff like mm-hmm. that after Egypt. And they found gold and artifacts there. So that alexander the great has been tied to that but they can't prove anything obviously so i'm just i'm curious about that
1: well his tomb is actually under jordan It was originally supposed to be buried in Alexandria in Egypt because he founded the city of Alexandria, the library of Alexandria, but his body and his sarcophagus were moved and it was transported under Jordan. Um, I actually did a lot of remote viewing and I traveled to that tomb in my light body and I found his sarcophagus there. It has all these letters, like these hieroglyphics, these Egyptian inscriptions and it's saying that the life of one is more than just one. It's the life of everybody that matters. Right. And it's an ebb and flow of energy in the cycle of life. That's what I was able to decipher from the Egyptian hieroglyphics uh, when I was there in my light body and remote viewing it. And I had Zagor with me. He was observing what I was doing. And in my light body, I'm 10 feet tall, in, in golden light body. He's 14 feet tall. So just imagine... Looking at this huge sarcophagus that has these Egyptian inscriptions, the hieroglyphics and that mantra of sorts, it's a life teaching mantra, and just then sort of going energetically beyond the sarcophagus. And what I found with Zagor is that there's a stasis pod with Alexander the Great's body preserved inside of it. So we were studying his DNA because In the remote viewing, I learned that he was an exceptional soldier, warrior, strategist. He had a superhuman memory. And then I thought to myself, there has to be some genetic engineering here, because he was more than human, obviously. This guy was only five foot six, and he did a lot of things that are impossible for humans to do. I,
0: I think a lot of the figures and the popular names that we're accustomed to from ancient times, past cultures almost always, they might be ET. You know, we don't really know. And they might have been in those positions of power because of their extraterrestrial, let's say, abilities, even though it's something even humans can do, but we're suppressed. I feel like back then, those ancient cultures would look up to that and actually worship these people who seem to have these heightened abilities.
1: Well, he was actually human, but he was genetically engineered with Archurian and Syrian DNA. The Arcturian DNA was what gave him that super memory, the strategist ability, the planning to see things five steps ahead of what reality was. And the Syrian DNA is what gave him that strength, that drive to succeed, that ability to win battles, even when it's impossible. So Means Agora wrote his DNA. We literally went into his genetic makeup energetically inside DNA because DNA can be programmable and it you right. can read it if you have ability. So we read his DNA. I studied the tomb. There's a lot of gold, there's a lot of chariots, there's a lot of statues, there's bullion, there's rubies, there, there's all kinds of treasure under Jordan and it's different corridors, several rooms, but that's not what interested me. Alexander was the treasure because of his genetic makeup and a few days later I got notified by ancestry.ca that my genetic makeup suddenly changed to that of Greek northern Macedonian and Albanian two percent and I had done that genetic test like two and a half years ago and suddenly after being in that tomb in my late body and studying his genetics my genetics suddenly changed into greek and i'm not greek i never had greek dna any anywhere in my lineage i'm jewish and i'm ukrainian and russian that's basically my ethnic dna so
0: how does that work so you they they just decided on their own to reach out to you and tell you that something has changed within the Genetic makeup of your ancestry, but how? Yeah, are they constantly monitoring it to do that? That's
1: well. I I think what happened is that when I was in the tomb with Zagor, he is a geneticist, so he has the ability to transfer DNA, and do kind of conduit transference. It was an accident. This was not planned. Mm. So when we were reading, that because we were literally inside Alexander the Great's body, reading his genetics, energy frequency, what's the genetic makeup? What's the percentages? Arcturian is 27% and Syrian is 30% for Alexander. The rest is human. That's his genetic makeup. So in the old times when um, humans thought the, that they worship gods, those were godlike beings. You could say demigods, but right, they were demigods. human with them augmented ET DNA not god's gods no. um but genetically engineered humans and hybrids that's what right. they were that's what i learned what alexander is his body is perfectly preserved in stasis though the soul is gone the body is still alive without a soul so if anybody lifts him out of that stasis pod the body will die so it's kind of like if they go into the tomb and somebody starts Um, you know, excavating it and studying it, don't touch the body. The body is preserved because of the genetics and what it is. It's purely for studying purposes. So it was surprising that my DNA suddenly changed. Ancestry, I see an email notification, your ethnic DNA has been updated. There's some kind of a change. So I log in and I go to see, okay, still 50% Jewish, still 42% you know, Russian, Ukrainian, all that stuff. And then I see, I also had Baltics and Balkans. That didn't change either. But then I see at the bottom, 2% Greek, uh, Northern Macedonia and Albania. And I'm like, what is this? And so I went and had a telepathic chat with Zagor and he's like, this was accidental transference of DNA. That's what it is. That's why it changed because Hmm. of what we were doing in the tomb.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. They would show up in your chart. Very fascinating stuff. Uh, So I want to go into some of the, uh, so you've had experiences, you're contacting, whatever, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot there and you've written about it in your books. But some of the technologies that you've seen, worked with, um, that you might be able to explain and help shed light on, and, and I've written down some of them. Uh, smart suits, neural link chairs, holographic medical pods, memory engram stations, jump gateway stations for teleportation platforms, regen tanks, you know, all that stuff. In in particular, the smart suits, you've already mentioned that. Like, uh, so what what does that do? Does it actually like enhance your DNA? Does it feed you nutrients? Like what happens with that?
1: Um, So when you put on the smart suit, right, it does allow you to suppress the eating Desire to eat, so you don't have to eat like every four hours or three hours a meal. So it does monitor your metabolic rate, your metabolism, and it does. I guess what it does is regulates everything to be at its optimal capacity for all, all your bodily organs, especially for food. Another interesting thing that the Smart Suit does is it regulates your bodily functions in terms of you don't have to go to the ba- bathroom while you wear this thing. The, the the waste the biological waste somehow molecularly since this stuff has nanotechnology the smart suits it allows you to not go to the bathroom and it filters the you know biological waste product inside the body so it is not toxifying your body it it filters it out it cleans your body out uh, i'm not sure what the mechanics of that are because it's nanotech but it allows that and it also stops women's menstrual cycles apparently while you wear the smart suit when you t- take it off everything goes back to normal is how your body normally functions but when you have this thing on it does change your molecular structure it makes you more efficient it i guess it removes things that distract the body that it's a distraction to go to the bathroom it's a distraction to have a menstrual cycle it's an annoying thing of a human body that everybody right. has to some degree you know so mm-hmm. it just makes you more comfortable it makes you more efficient and you don't have to sleep as much while you wear it because it augments your energy it gives you more energy and strength to do stuff so you don't have to sleep as much that's what i noticed when i was wearing it and i'm biologically female so
0: right that's interesting mm-hmm. i mean if, does it give you like abilities to like jump higher, extra strength, stuff like that? Yeah, it
1: does. It does augment your ability. I never used it that way because I was mostly just on the basis in the cybernetics labs. I was doing genetic modification. I was doing uh, the stuff with the holographic medical pods, monitoring how the holographic software works with the medical pod and programming different sequencing organ regeneration, skin tissue, cellular regrowth. Uh, we had a lot of super soldiers with burnt stuff on their skin. If you're hit with a laser weapon or if you're hit with a uh, plasma cannon, that can penetrate the electromagnetic force field shield of the smart suit and you end up with burns. So mm. the medical pod would regrow their skin, squamous cells, skin tissue layers. It would... Layer that all in for new skin growth and cell growth.
0: So is this smart suit, is it something that you physically put on? Or is it like, I've heard there's like a wristband that sometimes you could put on, like in the movie Dune, where you hit it and all of a sudden your body's surrounded in this field. Is it something like that? or
1: This was a physical smart suit. It's like nanotech skin. So you... It, it, it feels like you have a zipper, right? You turn, you put it on, zip it up and the zipper disappears. And it feels like you're wearing kind of like a cat suit, if you will, or a, it's not coveralls, but an overall jumpsuit, but right. it feels very, doesn't feel foreign. Um, it's like what the ETs wear, you know, the silver or blue type of a right, jumpsuit is right. the best thing. That's a smart suit. It's a light armor smart suit that creates an electromagnetic field. So it does protect you from being hit by bullets, by a um, electroshock type of weaponry. So that'll will deflect. Like if you're hit with a plasma cannon with a plasma beam, like then it'll penetrate. It can break the magnetic field around the smart suit. The ones that I wore, it's a uniform. You put it on, you zip it up, and it closes up and it conforms to your body shape. Doesn't matter what body type you have, it conforms to it with the nano synth tech that's inside it. So it conforms to the shape of the body, to the energy of your body, and it optimizes everything to its optimal capacity while you wear it. Then so you take it off and you're back to yourself the way you usually are.
0: Sorry if these seem like mundane questions, but your hands and feet do they also go over like over your fingers and toes like a glove or do you wear separate gloves and shoes it
1: can you can program the internal holographic components because it has like it's nanotech so it has internal holographic components you can program gloves to come on and you can program boots or you know for women sometimes you don't want plain boots so it has a bit of a heel you could program it to
0: Reshape the boots.
1: Yeah, well, honestly, what I loved about these smart suits, you can program it to have a different color. You could program it to even look like clothing if you want some style and not the generic thing. And I loved, I just loved that smart suit uniform. I could change its colors, but I didn't have to wear all these girly clothes with skirts and other Mm. things. Uh, I, I like the monotone. Just change the color, change the style of the heel, and you're good to go for work. Personally, uh, clothing—I'm—I I, human clothing just confabulates me sometimes. Yeah. Weird things we humans wear. Uh, just, so,
0: not just clothing. There's a there's a number of things that don't make sense, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Planetary Corp was simplistic. Here's your smart suit uniforms. It protects you from being hit by these types of weapons and it gives you an internal manual, what the smart suit does and how it works. What are its strengths and limitations? Like if you're going out to battle, you need a mech suit. You need a more bigger armored smart suit. That's has it, it's bulked right,
0: up. Right. right. So they have mm-hmm. different purposes, different ones that serve different purposes. Obviously you're not going to wear this battle suit if you're working in on the ship or something you know yeah uh, that's fascinating that's fascinating so then I, I this is something we talk about a lot but the regeneration med pods the regen tanks all that stuff uh, from my understanding that it works with your dna so it finds because we in our dna is it's like a time machine so it goes back to the time whenever you had all your limbs let's just say and it like t- it almost like takes a, some sort of a holographic photograph of of that DNA and it somehow brings it into the now and then it regrows that limb. I don't understand the technology, but I, I think that's the basis of it. Am I close?
1: Yes. It goes back to your most healthiest optimal genetic blueprint when you were the healthiest. And from that, it takes that holographic sample and you program into the holographic medical pod, the sequence of what you're fixing genetically or regrowing And also takes mitochondrial cells, samples of mitochondrial cells and other tissues, so they could store not just DNA, they could store any organ type information sequence from the body. They could take samples from the body and keep it on file in their databases. They, They even take your most healthiest genetic sample and keep it in the database just in case. Because what if a person was born with flawed genetics, then what that, that holographic medical pod can even fix that flawed genetic deformity, deformity, mutation, whatever, take a sample of that new healthy DNA, put it on the system file and use it next time
0: to fix something. That was actually a question I've always had. I didn't have it written down, but thank you for answering that. I wonder that I'm like, what if you're born with a defect or a missing chromosome? like, how do they? Can that be addressed with a, a med pod or a med bed? Yeah, um, sounds like it can be. If, yes, if, if I guess with the right technology.
1: Well, the, the ones that the holographic medical pods that are in planetary corp Mars spaces, they run on plasma and they run on crystalline energy fields. So that's how the technology itself is powered, and then there there's the holographic components attached to those pods. So, you can go into see all the organs, see all the body parts, see where any disease is, see where the genetic deformity or flaws are, mutations, and then zero in on that issue and then program the software, holographic software, to work with the field frequencies of the plasma or the crystalline energy or both right. to go and fix that in that particular problem area in the body.
0: Right. That's very intriguing to me. Do you remember Dan Willis talking about being on a team of, I guess, scientists, like here on Earth, mm-hmm. working on a very primitive prototype of this MedBed technology? And he was he was the one who was explaining that they actually like take some sort of holographic photo of your DNA. And then you obviously explained it way better than I did. But I mean, if he was on a team here on a surface working on that stuff, developing in the 80s, I think he said, it was, mm-hmm. it was crazy a long time ago. I mean, you know, these corporations and these industries, militaries are using this stuff beneath our feet every single day. And even the elites, the politicians, you know, certain people, it's not just on Mars and in the planetary corp. It's here. It's here. And that's what people are angry about. That's not getting disclosed. But you can't be angry because there's a process we have to. um, I don't want to say earn it, but we have to be ready for that type of technology.
1: Yeah, we definitely have to be ready for it. Dan Willis knows a lot about crystals because he worked with Marcel Vogel in the first crystal lab on the Vogel crystals. So that energy, you can study crystals because crystals, the um, piezoelectric fields and the lattice matrix of the crystal is alive and it holds energy. You could take that transfer energy. It's a power source and you can make it into a crystalline source that powers the holographic medical pods. So it works even quicker than it did on the plasma. Or you can combine plasma together with that crystalline frequency and make the healing go faster to regenerate stuff on the body.
0: Right. Right. Very fascinating. And we've seen this disclosure in all sorts of movies. Um, mm-hmm. So they, were you we going to say something? No. Oh. Do you want to say something?
2: No. I'm <laughs> disagreeing with you. <laughs> uh,
0: the all right let's go let's just skip to the jump room teleportation technology i know i'm jumping around here a little bit but it's all fascinating and i think it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to cover it in, in detail so we've heard about these jump rooms from a number of whistleblowers um andrew bishago talks about you know project pegasus and the incredible stuff they were doing with that time travel program and the different methods there were like three main different types of time travel uh, in one including the jump room you know And each one has a different effect. It's different technologies. How free? Okay. So, what is your experience with that technology?
1: So basically, on the these planetary corp Mars bases, they have I know of eleven bases. They each have like portable jump room platforms. It's like you you stand on it and it time dilates you to a different frequency code. Could take you in the past, mainly with me, it was just used to be me in and out of Earth too on the Mars basis. Because honestly, a 60 and back is very tedious and boring. I knew Earth existed. I could return to Earth whenever I wanted. I'd spend months on these bases. But what these gateway stations do is they time dilate the frequency to such perfect time dilation that nobody even knows you were gone. You could be on Mars for several months, and then you return to the precise point you were taken from Earth. And right. there's no sequence of events missing because it's time dilation. And some of this tech runs on bismuth crystals.
0: I've heard Some that. of
1: it runs on other type of portal sequencing technology. Um, so on Mars, they use the bismuth crystals and they have like little columns beside these jump weight portal stations and you can see the columns and it's all grown. It's, it is not grown naturally. It's, it's, they could sort of grow it in the.
0: Grow the bismuth.
1: Yeah. Grow the bismuth, like generate it in sequence coding, basically in a replicator technology.
0: It's interesting because mm. that's the one crystal to me that doesn't look natural. No, it's
1: not. It's not. It doesn't grow easily on Earth because it doesn't come from Earth. So even on Earth, it has to it takes like months to grow it in a lab to perfection where oh. it has that proper frequency to it. But they can use a replicator and grow it within like three days on Mars. I was just trying to remember the sequencing of how it's done and how long it takes. And then they have these little coils beside the jump room, you know, station itself, because the station is portable. It can be moved. And Mm -hmm. then it uses an energy beam, beams you up, beams you off planet, on planet. It could do even time dilation where it locates the proper frequency to make sure that you're not sick with time dilation when you're beamed off from earth to Mars and back and forth.
0: That's very fascinating to me. I think. So the bismuth, it looks kind of has that rainbow effect. I think that might be done from heat treated heat treatment. I don't know. Yes. On earth. Yes. Right. Okay. Cause it's not, yeah. Something about that never. Like I was like, that's not natural, but I've heard, I've heard from a few people that it's used in, an advanced technology. It is. Uh, I wonder what, like, component it plays. Is it like the missing crystal you set it in, and all of a sudden the machine starts working? Or,
1: um, well, it it just basically converts any technology you have for streamlined, optimal capacity to work in an optimal fashion. So basically, if 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 they didn't have these little bismuth coils right beside the jump room station. The time dilation, you might get time dilation sickness and somebody might know there was missing time. So it just perfects the technology to its optimal capacity, right. Streams line, streamlines the process to t- take away any uh, malfunctions or unexpected side effects to the human body and also precise coordinates to time dilate you to the past, to the, you know, we... Planetary core prohibits t- time traveling to the future. It's mostly fixing uh, issues with time dilation in the present, uh, adjusting timelines, beaming people in and out, adjusting the timeline of the beam outs and the beam ins. Yeah. Again, the point is not to be noticed. The point is not to have missing time. And the point is to n- leave no trace evidence that you were ever gone and transported somewhere else. Right. And that's what this technology allows to do now, on Mars at
0: least. And they've been successful until now. People are getting their memories back and they never saw that coming. But at the same time, a lot of this was experimental tech, I'm sure. And they could have no way of knowing 20, 30, 40 years down the road, the effects of it because they hadn't really done a trial, I guess. But what's most curious to me about like even the secret space program in general, you know, we started hearing about all this information, you know, from the 2000s on. Uh, I was, I'm was i reading Dolores Cannon's book, The Custodians right now, and she it's like channeled stuff through her session, transcribed stuff through her sessions from the 80s, and this one session is talking all about the secret space program, but they're not calling it the secret space program. They're calling it a space program, and she went as far, as and the girl was asking about Mars being colonized, and, and they were like, yeah, people here, Earth humans are on Mars right now, but they're underground. And she said like, what do you mean are earth humans? Like people came there from earth? She's like, yes, just put it this way. There's an accountant that you would know his name. He's working on Mars every day. And this was was coming from a transcribed session in the 80s talking about the exact same stuff that's starting to be disclosed now. I think that's really not smoking gun proof but because it's just a transcribed session But there's no way people are making this up. If it was coming through back then in the 80s uh, and they were talking about all the same stuff that we're talking about now, but just different lingo, different terminology, the term secret space program hadn't actually been formed yet because, you know, it just wasn't common talk.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the secret space program, they were building underground bases on the moon in the 1950s. Project Horizon, if you guys look at that, Werner right. von Braun was building uh, space stations, orbital round space stations with artificial gravity being perfected. Right. So when I channeled him, I was told his family was threatened. That's why he was brought into NASA to build these space stations. And they said, as long as you cooperate and build all this infrastructure, your family and kids will be safe. Your wife and your children will be mm. safe. So he was under threat. That's why he actually did all these schematics that you see he le- leaked it to Disney and he leaked it to um, mechanical, popular mechanics and Collier's Magazine, the schematics. He made movies with Disney on these space stations because he sort of wanted to do this on his terms. So he right. leaked it and they allowed him to leak that because eventually these we already have these space stations. They're cloaked. Um, but they'll they'll have to sort of say, oh, we're now building these hotel space stations because NASA is no longer using rocket fuel and da-da-da-da-da. And SpaceX is outdated, you know, the space, the spaceship that he's right. building. That's old tech, that's right. old old technology. They have plasma core hyperdrive engines now, FTL engines and other beyond the speed of light like crystalline technology on their ships. That's what Planetary Corp builds. So these things can go beyond the speed of light and it does not take eight years to get to a planet outside of our solar system anymore. But right. it started in the 1950s with Werner von Braun and Mars. That's the US secret space program. It started on Mars. Then in the 1970s, 1980s, they started building bases on the surface of Mars with protective electromagnetic dome fields that protect the base that's built in the craters.
0: Right, right.
1: So their bases are no longer purely underground.
0: Yeah, I would imagine they've, I've heard just from other testimonies that, you know, some, they have surface structures, but it is in a dome, right? It even is, the movie, yes. Even the movie Total Recall kind of shows that. Yeah, <laughs> it's know.
1: in the dome because the electromagnetic field protects um, the dome So basically the bases are cloaked. The dome cloaks the bases, it has holographic tech covering it and the electromagnetic field also protects um, the base inside from being bombarded by weaponry, from telescopes picking up that there's a base. Um, Also from debris like meteorites, asteroids. Mm -hmm. It bounces off if anything tries to like hit electromagnetic field it just bounces it off and sends the the debris pieces back into outer space it's it's like it's like um kind of like a force field
0: deflector yeah yeah it's interesting you mentioned disney getting schematics for some of this stuff i definitely think disney's more than just like an entertainment business company right there's a corporation there's a Mm -hmm. I'm sure that somewhere along the line, they might even have their own faction of, of some sort of space program. I think they're involved in a lot more than most people might understand. That's just my speculation. I have no way of proving that. but
1: I don't either, but Netflix is in on the game as well because they're making movies and series that are crazy with disclosure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Jupiter Ascending, oh my goodness. Oh yeah, that 100%. Is,
0: like, yeah.
1: It has... Yeah everything like it has the reptilians, it has the greys, it has the genetic engineering manipulation uh genetic bloodlines of humans living on earth that actually had reincarnated as humans right. but there's something else in their genetic makeup so that is the prometheus the movie prometheus uh, the movie passengers i can go on yeah, and on I halo just,
0: i just watched passengers mm-hmm. yeah and halo that is incredible ssp disclosure in halo there's mm. so much uh man there's so much in on all that stuff jupiter ascending too they don't call it adrenochrome but they're talking about adrenochrome that whatever substance that is that mm. they're all it's highly sought yeah. after
1: that makes you younger and re- right I mean yeah. rejuvenates you that was in those capsules that mm-hmm. stuff so when you take a you step into some kind of a liquid bath silver bath and you come out looking like your younger self or a tro- totally different person
0: right and, and mm. you, William Tompkins talked about all this age regression stuff. Um, he said they were working on it in pill form. And he said there was a series of pills that you could take that would slowly age regress you that people are taking now here on Earth. Like this stuff is crazy, you know.
1: Not crazy at all. Not crazy. Form,
0: it's crazy no. that it's that it's here yeah. and, and we're still, you know, crawling around in the mud.
2: <laughs> well, I have
0: no idea about any yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: planetary corp. It didn't come in pill form. It came in biological drug serums with a needleless injector. That's what I was working on, um, but it was plasma based and it was to inoculate you to not be sick on the planet when you first arrive. Because again, the gravitational field is different on Mars than what we have on Earth because it's a low oxygen planet. So you're gonna be s- you're going to be seasick when you get to Mars, when you first came in. So these bi- biological drugs here in plasma inoculations had antigen stuff in it that would help you to have more oxygen in your bloodstream when you yeah. arrive on Mars and you're injected and you don't notice anything, anything different on being on Mars. So that's what they had me working on. It wasn't really age regression. It was just to make sure the body is working at optimal capacity but the holographic medical pods they can do age regression those biological serums can also be altered to age regress i mean you can you can you can dress it up in any form you want pills serums medical pods if you program it correctly you can age regress
0: and age progress that's what andrew Vishago talked about they had him do as a 10 year old they progressed him to age 45 And he said it was interesting because the effects just wore off. And then eventually he was back to his 10-year-old self again. It wasn't, he didn't have to be sent back. Uh, It was very interesting the way he described that whole technology. Yeah, it
1: could be temporary or permanent. What the biological drug serums allowed me to do is extract ET DNA and program it into the biological drug serum, inject myself and temporarily have my molecular bodily structure changed and look like any ET I wanted height eye color hair color strength muscle mass could change it anytime I wanted um the only thing I didn't agree with that is I said keep the humanoid keep the humanoid form with two arms and two legs I don't want anything crazy with two heads and more limbs than I can handle that Right. Because it's crazy enough when you look into yourself in the mirror, right, in in the cybernetics lab, you look like a blue ET, you look like a Pleiadian, or you look like an Andromeda with long blonde hair, blue skin, and black stripes on your face. That's one of the ETs. And it was almost eight feet tall and more slim than I with more muscle mass, still female. That's what I looked like when I tried this drug serum with that genetic makeup.
0: Wow this is i actually really loving this conversation right now because these are things i I think about we talk about i know they exist um but i think even having these conversations it almost helps manifest it into a reality a practical reality that we can actually move into and this stuff becomes tangible and it's not just stories anymore and i think this Mm -hmm. is exactly exactly how we get there start Having the conversations first of all to even plant those seeds to let people know, even a skeptic know that even if they don't think it's real, it still gets their the wheels spinning. You know. Um, yeah,
1: when these memories came for me, I'm like, "That's out of a sci-fi movie. How can this be real?" And I was doubting it myself. All these memories, and then I got into hypnosis and being a shamanic practitioner, doing past life regression and different hypnosis protocols. This stuff is as real as you and I walking today on the planet.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Anything
1: that's impossible is actually possible off world elsewhere.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and even some of the military, Navy, special forces, some of these, I guess, quote, alliance team members that we always talk about, I would, I know that they're working with these types of technologies also to even pull off and accomplish their missions. Um you would you would have to if if it, this is really that multi-dimensional war, this battle, you know it, it's it's on all levels. It's a war on all fronts. But let's jump. we We mentioned Halo, and in Halo, they mentioned flash cloning, which is the first time I've heard of flash cloning was in that show. And even so cloning was normal and it's normalized in the show, but flash cloning was illegal. So I was like, ooh, that must be something real. Like a flash clone, whatever that means. an instant clone, I don't know. Uh, But what's your, what do you know about cloning the technology? How are they doing it? Did you, were you involved in any of that that you know of or that you remember?
1: Yeah, cloning you can do in the regen tank. It's mostly been in that. Um, First degree, second degree, third, fourth degree clones. You need to have the original genetics, pure genetic uh, without any mutation. So you need to have the original blueprint to clone the perfect body with proper genetic makeup for that soul memory to go into the clone or to transfer a soul, your own soul from your own body into the clone. So genetics plays a huge factor. The genetic makeup must be perfect. It cannot be damaged, because if the clone body doesn't have that perfect, your own genetic makeup from your own blueprint, it'll malfunction, you know, like some politician clones that we've seen. I'm not to name names. They malfunction because it's 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 not the perfect first gen or second gen clone. It's third, fourth. Right. Um, I couldn't actually watch Halo completely. I watched the first two episodes because it triggered me. The scientist, the female scientist with the blonde hair, which she was doing on the super soldiers, that's similar to what I did. So I... It, it almost sounded like my own story, so I couldn't watch it. So you would have to explain what a flash gloating is. To
0: well, the they end. don't fully explain it in the show. They kind of just throw that term out and they just talk mm-hmm. about how it's highly illegal. But that woman that you're talking about does it anyway to herself oh. and then whatever the case is. But yeah, I mean, if you could make it through the rest of that, it's, it's pretty wild. The stuff that they start disclosing through that series. I,
1: I still can't. It's too triggering mm-hmm. because... That's almost what I did. It's almost like a mirror image of what I was doing on the cybernetic slabs. Right. And it was so like, it literally, I couldn't get beyond episode two. It was that triggering, Yeah, I, I believe and that,
0: that because it's yeah. super, there's no doubt when I watched that, it resonates so deeply. I'm like, this is real. They're like, they're showing you straight up. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on all yeah. the way down to the emotion suppressing implants that they're putting in their spines and mm-hmm. all that shit.
1: Well, the Neuralink implants that I had, which is made out of Nordic tech and nanotech and etheric tech as well, energy field, it suppressed my emotions. I could turn off my emotions and be as robotic as I wanted or somewhat emotional, but I would usually turn off most emotion to do my work, to focus on the work I was doing in the cybernetics labs. I didn't care for emotional connection of any type, really, when I had those implants. So, yes.
0: yeah, that's super interesting. And I've heard you mention a Neuralink chair before. Yes. What is that?
1: So, that's ancient Atlantean technology. It can look crystalline, it can look like a rock. Uh, I was sent to Antarctica to study it. And because they have Atlantean outposts, that's where I first heard of it. And so, they were trying to replicate it and bring it back to Mars. Because when you sit in a Neuralink chair, it allows you to see holographic history of other planets. It allows you to astrally time travel to different locations in past history, future, present. It allows you to open a portal sequencing and actually jump gate yourself from point A to point B on a planet or off planet if you can get the sequencing correctly. If you already had these neural link implants like I did, augmenting my ability i could sit in that ancient atlantean neural link chair and do that stuff
0: yeah so it's kind Mm -hmm. of like it almost reminds me of the looking glass chair technology that we hear about
1: Mm -hmm. yeah but i think it's a little even more advanced than that
0: right right i I feel like even looking glass you know it's such a common term now i feel like it was a very rudimentary version of that technology has probably been perfected by now yeah, who um, yeah. knows what's what they're capable of at this point mm-hmm. um what was I gonna say there was a it was something surrounding the clones they what were we're talking Neuralink chairs um I don't remember um so you you have uh I wrote down ancient arc spaceships that you mentioned that in one of your books and we hear about these arcs being activated. Some of the, you know, it's it's hard to verify is any of this stuff true. Is it not? What's is it just a, like a PSYOP narrative? Are these arcs real? Um, what do you what's your experience with that?
1: Well, I remote one. I remote viewed one, um, not in Ukraine itself, but in the sea. It's as real as you and me. It it is underwater. There's electromagnetic field protecting it, so nobody can get inside it. It has technology that allows you, again, a lot of it is crystalline. Even the nav, navigational comms, crystalline nacelles inside powering it. And it allows you to interface with holographic systems. It allows you to leave the planet if you want. It has terrariums with biodome, stuff like parks and, and food processing. So these ships are very old. They're like Andromeda and Pleiadian. I'm, I have memories of past lives living on ark ships, Andromeda and Pleiadian ones, traveling through space. They're finding planets that can be colonized it's seeded with humanoid life and plants and animals. And then they send the genetic makeup to that and they send colonists to colonize it and spread these genetic libraries. And then they leave and let the beings evolve. So that's what my past life memories are with them. And I fully understand there is an archship on Neptune because that's heating up. So the, the weather is heating up. The atmosphere is changing. So that happens when these ships activate. There's different signature polarity of heat that it creates that is picked up by our tech now. So that's happening on Neptune.
0: I mean, yeah, and obviously you said... The one you remote view was under the sea in Ukraine. Yes,
1: yeah, near Ukraine.
0: Right, near Ukraine. So these things would, I mean, there's probably more than just one. I'm sure. Yeah, there's
1: several of them. I even remember some of them being built in Antarctica. I
0: believe I believe by the Atlanteans. They had
1: shipbuilding facilities. That's in my book. hmm. Built huge ships that I consider in the class of arc ships. So this is not a new term to me
0: right it's not new to me either i just uh it's just like it's more popular now you hear a lot of Mm. people talking about the arcs where it just kind of came out of nowhere the movie 2012 even depicts space arcs if you've seen that movie
1: no never seen that
0: one um a jp insider that talks to michael Sala, right yeah yeah he's the the one who talks about it a lot yeah yeah Uh, um so we were talking about clones i remember what i wanted to say earlier there's the idea of these like basically biological robots, these cyborgs that look look human, but it's they look act human, They even have the consciousness of a human, but they're a robot. and that's been like some of the rumors of our even some politicians and stuff, uh, even Elon Musk, you know, we've seen videos of them. Malfunctioning but it doesn't always look like a clone malfunction sometimes it looks like a robotic malfunction Mm -hmm. is that and then we there's also been movies that depict that there's an old episode of Stargate that depicts exactly that. Um, They're able to make a copy it's not it's not like splitting the consciousness they're actually able to make a copy of that person and put them into a robotic organic version of themselves.
1: Yeah, they make a copy of the memories of the person, they don't transfer the whole soul of the person, but it's the memories of what made up the person. And it's like a little small implant that sort of looks like a circular little device where the memories are and goes under the skin and it activates energetically inside the person and the memories go to the brain and it makes the person active um and that actually shown in the tv series emergence where they did this to a little girl so and she's a synthetic biological cyborg with human memories and she acts human she is human but she has advanced abilities and she has cybernetics components Mm -hmm. inside her body
0: yeah i think it's fascinating all the different versions of a of a bipedal humanoid they can make mm-hmm. that would trick anybody unless you knew what you were looking for. And sometimes you might not even be able to tell.
1: Yeah, sometimes you can't. Planetary corp makes the biological human cyborgs with cybernetic implants and nanotech components, but it can also transfer another person's soul into that particular body and transfer that person's soul into an organic body. Either way, they, they they've they've taken. They've
0: taken that to the ninth degree in what they do. Well, yes. I believe it. I, I mean, I believe it. Mm. I, mm-hmm. I, at this point, I just think if you can imagine it, it's possible. Like, yeah. or they're already doing it. I think the possibilities are endless. And I've said this before, like popular mechanics, you mentioned earlier, we get these magazines that show all these future tech, this amazing stuff, but then the you never see it surface in the public. It's like they're telling you it's there, but it never amounts to anything. It never, it just gets brushed under the rug. I'm like, hey, this is their way of disclosing it without actually having to use it.
1: Well, it's culpable deniability. If there was an accident in the programs and suddenly was everything was revealed through some kind of an accidental issue that happens, uh, plausible deniability is, hey, that already existed, and we talked about it in these popular mechanics magazines, Collier's magazine. It was just top secret, and now it can all be revealed. They'll say it was just top secret, and that's how it had to be. That's their excuse.
0: Right. That's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. They can go back to 20, 2002 issue of Popular Mechanics, and be like, oh, this stuff's been around. It's nothing new. mm
1: mm-hmm. Can go back to the 1950s, Collier's magazine, where Werner von Braun detailed everything—the bases, the space stations. I had to—I'm a researcher. I had to dig around to get to the 1950s stuff. Now it's been deleted, um, but they had it archived, and I grabbed it all. I'm like, yeah, why not? I—I I, I want the proof of the U, U.S. you know space program, how it all started. And it goes back to those German scientists' paper clip, and even earlier, goes back to Roswell, nineteen forty-seven, and earlier. It's, earlier, it's, yeah. It,
0: I mean, I think it probably the modern space program. You probably start seeing aspects of it show up in the late eighteen hundreds, even. I would imagine. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I I didn't go back as well. Yeah, the blips, the blips, those blip craft. Um, those are something that they actually have now in perfected um tech where they could easily use helium to as a, you know, as the um fuel source. And now those those blips are hovercraft delivering stuff to Antarctica and military. Even the Canadian RAF Air Force is thinking of using hovercraft from the old blip technology now advanced to just nice hovercraft.
0: And you're so, talking. You mean you're saying blip. You mean blimp, like blimp. Would, yeah, yeah, blimp. Blimp. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Like, and I think that goes that goes back into like Tartaria and all that stuff, where, where mm-hmm. this entire planet was like some major, technology advanced technological technological society, almost like Atlantis. But yeah, uh, and it's all been buried, literally buried, like building cities on top of it, and we yeah. get more and more of that stuff surfacing now too which Mm -hmm. that's an entire different episode, but it's fascinating to look back and see like some of these old cathedrals and these buildings, they have these like articulate designs that aren't just random artistic creations. These are actual technologies that were functioning with the ley lines in the planetary, the ether, right? And it it was providing Mm -hmm. a free energy technology, a free energy to the people. And obviously uh, some, the cabal had other plans in mind for us and they worked out.
1: Well, I mean, they studied the tech, they reverse engineered it, and it's being used now off-world to Planetary Corp does things with a serious progression of how will it benefit me technologically? It's all about the technology and the advancements in regen, regeneration medicine. It's not about money. It's not a money system. It's a technology system and what it gives them, the advantages, the higher up advantage point. That's how they function. They're a military corporation.
0: Right. It's not about money to them, but no. they make it about money for us. So we can't. Well, it's about power and control for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it
1: always has been. It, it's pretty simple. Um and for me, working there, everything was provided. Clothing, food. I had a basically I could program anything I want food wise and the replicator would make it for me in my own quarters. And if I wanted something more advanced, I would have to go to the cafeteria and have the cooks make it that wasn't already prepped for that day.
0: So there's, Mm -hmm. there's a piece of technology uh, replicator. Yes. So that's something that comes up everywhere. And we even see versions of that in certain devices that are even available now. They're not creating meals, but Mm -hmm. Like we're starting to see, you know, this decades old technology finally surface.
1: Yeah, like building bone structure, you can 3D print bones, certain Mm -hmm. bones, certain tissue, even they're trying to 3D print a heart. That's replicator technology. 3D printers are the low base replicator, what we have now.
0: Right. And uh, are you familiar with GANs technology, gas in the nanoatomic state, like plasma water and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I'm familiar with it. And sometimes it works great if you know what you're creating with it. And sometimes it doesn't, depending on what experience you have making it.
0: Right. I I feel like that's a very rudimentary form of a replicator technology also, because it replicates the nutrients and makes them last forever if it's utilized property. And Mm -hmm. you can essentially set an orange or whatever on this device mm. and, and it'll pull the nutrients from that orange into a glass of water and you drink the water you're getting everything that that orange would have given you
1: yeah it, it's a process of osmosis like if you want to make a crystal elixir uh, say if you want rose quartz amethyst it's good for getting you extra boost of energy and shungite and tourmaline, you put those crystals in Pure water, filtered water. You don't want to use the tap water because that's disgusting, full of chlorine. Right. You yeah. put those crystals in, and y- you want to have stones that are smooth, like palm stones, little ones. You leave that in the water for a while, and the water absorbs their properties of boosting energy and whatever metaphysical healing properties those crystals have. Then you take out the crystals, and in two days, you drink the water. By osmosis, you're getting the benefits and properties of those healing crystals. So it uh, sounds like the GANS tech is doing something similar.
0: Yeah, it's it's mm. it's a little more complicated than that, but definitely something similar. Uh, I, used, I have crystals in a glass jar of water upstairs. I call it Reiki water because I didn't have a better word for it. But yeah, I mean, people do that. I know people put crystals in their water to get that. Um, crystal technology is absolutely fascinating as well as far as like even the crystals themselves having a consciousness and being able to store data and being a a rock can be a time machine because it stores Mm -hmm. the it has memory of everything that happened in that area for eternity yeah and
1: in in the atlantean outpost in antarctica i saw crystalline discs that store holographic information about mars history all the wars all the stuff that happened on mars the beings living under Mars, the the original native colonists that look like Native Americans, somewhat, they went to live underground. With a catastrophe happened with the nuclear type devices that were used to raze our solar system, yeah. the occupants went underground. So right. that's why you still hear, you know, the, the Dolores Cannon past life stuff living underground on Mars. They right. still do it. Some of them still do it.
0: She specifically talked about in that book, them being like Native Americans, like what we would recognize as a Native American. And I
1: and I met yeah. some of them. Uh, my Neuralink uh, implants were supposed to be use, used as a spying device to locate where they are and to relocate them. So Planetary Corp could build more underground labs where these people are. I temporarily shut off the Neuralink implants when I went to meet them, and then as a result, I had like seizures and stuff because the neural net that's you know connecting everything to the axons and the neurons it it is connected to the implants. When you deactivate that temporarily, things start to happen neurologically to the body. But I didn't want planetary Corp knowing where their location is underground, so I took a risk. Uh, I was supposed to spy to find out where their kind of their little colonies are underground
0: right mm-hmm. the same here on earth there's under yeah. inner earth civilizations that uh-huh. are existing the same exact way mm-hmm. um much more advanced than the surface population for yeah. a number of reasons because for one they're not being poisoned consistently every day um so we, we've mentioned you've mentioned atlantean outpost atlantis a couple times And that's something that I hear coming back up all of a sudden now too, we're hearing a lot more talk about Atlantis and maybe that's because what we're going through right now resembles what the fall of Atlantis looked like. Except this time around we have this spiritual awakening going on and and we're at a different place than that civilization was. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could share anything about um, the Atlantis energies that are surfacing now and if they relate to any of your past life stuff.
1: Yeah, I had two past lives in Atlantis. One is a mermaid, and one is a geneticist slash crystal healer. Uh, the most for me, the most traumatic one with this was the geneticist because you had the Law One organizations, and you had the sons of Belial who were doing the genetic chimera experiments. And because of those chimera experiments, kids were being born with tails. Kids were being born with animal primal instincts and even being more violent as adults. And that created a genetic virus mutation that attacked the Atlanteans and then they created a, um, you know, inoculation and sort of like they created a vaccine and more kids started to be born with tails and animal-like DNA. So if we look at what happened a couple of years ago in what was released into the world, from, you know, that place, the sea place. It sounds similar because they were they were basically playing around with viruses and animal DNA and other stuff, putting that virus in animals and then transmuting it to humans, like a carrier device. Right,
0: like they were doing with the mosquitoes. Yes, it, yes. The Zika yeah. virus and all that stuff.
1: And, yeah. and, and now we have this lovely V-card virus, the C and the V, floating around, and it's various mutations and it's it's spreading like wildfire because it's, it's not natural and that's what they did in atlantis that's what i remember because i was dating one of the guys the Baliel guys and he was genetically mutated and killed because he actually wanted to come forward and say that they had these genetic labs underground secret labs and exposed it all and i'm like Ugh. so
0: there were whistleblowers in atlantean times yes they even. were
1: yeah, yeah, there were and I, I still to this day regret that I didn't say anything or try to stop it. But then they would have offed me as well. Right. So
0: um Well, now's your second chance. Now everybody's second chance to redo that without collapsing this time. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. let's face it, the negative part, the negative system that needs to collapse that needs to go. But the entire civilization doesn't have to be destroyed. No. Um, we can make a transition. And yeah. it starts with these conversations.
1: Yeah. And it starts with getting yourself uh, just educated about all these things that they're concocting and cooking up and trying to put in our body, mm. like read up mm-hmm. on it. There's a lot of info coming out of what it was and what it is. So it's, it's public knowledge at this point, four years later, right? what's yeah. happening. And it's huge. It's almost similar to what they did in Atlantis, except they played around with animal genetics and making human et
0: right. and i've hybrids. heard that i've heard that and we we see there, i mean if you want to call it evidence we see evidence of that in egypt yeah um, in the and mm-hmm. the, the hieroglyphs and the statues the structures every everywhere
1: Exactly, because when Atlantis collapsed, the they Atlantis went they went to Egypt and started all over again and, and right. you know played with human genetics and advanced it even more. And then we have the ET stuff and you know the ET genetic engineering, the godlets, the gods, this demigods, humans claiming that they procreated from gods. That's et that's not right. gods.
0: Mm-hmm. it's interesting have, have you heard of the book the ancient secret of the flower of life um, yes
1: yes i have
0: so have you read it or not
1: yeah i read it and then it connects to the halls of amenti and the flower of life throne and right. the holographic medical pods underneath that thing that renew people's life force every 50 years
0: right well so they talk about lumeria to atlantis to egypt mm-hmm. in that book and it, in particular they they talk about when the atlanteans went to egypt they were trying to bring this new belief system of like the oneness like the law of one type of mm-hmm. and so they were very much a demi demigod uh, based society so they yeah. believed in all these different gods the sun god the water all you know and they had a different mm-hmm. god for each one so they came and tried to promote this new belief system this new ideal and it didn't go over well and that's why the people revolted back then uh, mm-hmm. it, it would almost be similar to like, if they were to try and truly disclose something like that now, like some people just wouldn't, it would threaten their belief system so much, they wouldn't know what to do besides religions, right?
2: Yeah, because they think they all have the truth. It's, it's, well, yeah, right. well, I mean,
1: yeah, there's the creator myths. The, the Vedas, the Vedics have their creator myths. The Native Americans have their creator myths. It's ETs that came down to earth and taught them something. And that's the creator myths of how that happened right. in mm-hmm. a basic form of how could, how they could describe it at the time. Now we can describe it as this is this technology. They came in spaceships. They did this. They did, did that because we have a higher concept understanding of technology because mm-hmm. right. we have technology. So if they bring something we can technologically explain even though their tech might be more advanced than ours we have the terminology and the foundation to explain what the ancient ones the ancient civilizations here on earth didn't at those times because they didn't have that similar tech
0: exactly Mm -hmm. we have a reference point to explain Mm -hmm. all the stuff it it, it just goes back to the you know ancient alien theory i guess they like some of the natives if they've seen some of this stuff they would call they would just they don't have any words vocabulary for it, so it's a god. It's, it's yeah, magic. Or it's magic, yeah. Divine. The
1: firebird came down from the sky in a plume of smoke and landed right. and taught us agriculture.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. right. Or Jonah spending however long in the whale's belly, mm-hmm. uh, or I Noah's mean, ark. Right. Yeah.
1: stuff.
2: Right. Was Noah's ark an actual boat, or was it a craft? Uh, from
1: what I looked at it, remote viewing, it was silver cylindrical craft. It wasn't. It, if it was yeah. a boat made out of
2: doesn't make any sense
1: Would it wouldn't have survived the flooding. It just wouldn't, and it couldn't go yeah. under because that that space art. It could go underwater, or it can go above and just hover in 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 the sky. Could go above the earth too. They have mm-hmm. four of these arcs actually, because there was right. a lot of people and animals and DNA. Right. So one arc doesn't make sense. Just right. for those people.
2: Uh, Ezekiel's wheel in the mm-hmm. Old Testament is yeah. a craft. It's clearly like a craft. Mm-hmm. It's described. You know, um, there's all kinds of things. It's like if you have the eyes to see, you're reading these ancient texts, and it's like right there. You're like, oh yeah right it's it's obvious exactly but if you're reading it with a belief system of what you're told how you're told to interpret things then that's... or
0: or they the one thing they like to say is like these are all metaphors like it's yeah like, yeah but or it's actually exactly what they're describing yeah exactly
1: or the flying chariots the Vimanas, and the yeah. blue skin beings flying them right mm-hmm. those were ets
2: yes right so... In craft, yeah.
1: In craft, yeah. It's it's like the more advanced you have, the easier it is to describe something technologically. If you have something similar, even if it's primitive tech, if it's something similar, it can be described in an advanced state of what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a researcher. I'm a library technician. I'm not a military insider. But I could still describe in detail what I experienced and what I saw because the terminology comes from those repressed memories, mm-hmm. it's not terminology I made up today in the now. That's terminology that they had on Mars and still have, and that's yeah. what I'm using to oh. its exact form. Trying my best.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's interesting too. Uh, this custodians book I'm reading, the Dolores Cannon, uh, the word that keeps coming through the session from these beings is cellular, not cellular. But they're saying uh, a lot of these stuff happens on a cellular level, S-O-U-L, cellular. And she's like, are you pronouncing that wrong? She's like, no, it's a word you guys haven't adapted yet. Uh, But it's really interesting, some of these terms that we don't use anymore also. Mm. And uh, one of the things in that, so let let me reword this. So I wonder how long some of these underground, undersea bases have actually been on the planet. Uh, because in that book, she describes a uh, mountain base that even the governments don't know about that has been here since what we would refer to as the beginning when this planet was built or terraformed, is the way she describes it. Before humans even existed, ETs already had a base here, right? Uh,
2: yeah.
0: So I wonder how many of these ancient bases have been here the whole time. Well,
1: according to my past life memories, Atlantis was started 2 million years ago. The, when the ETs came, all of the the ones that made the pact to do the Atlantean project that was two million years ago. So, and our planet is what four point three billion years, right? According mm. to the geological record, right. Uh, so the sky is there's no limit to the sky to the potential how long mm. these bases could have been around because you have if you if you go to um, cosmic galactic history. There are so many people talking about the history, how this planet was formed, what ETs were here. I wrote a whole book about it. And I'm like, wow, so many Syrians, Lyrans, Pleiadians, Anunnaki, all of them played a role, reptilians, all Maldakians, all of them were here at some point doing their own stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: so it's huge. The history alone, it would convolute you to start trying to piece together the history of how it happened. That's what I tried to do. And it was like, spending four months just putting it all in chronological order and i still have other history popping up in other books now
0: right So mm-hmm. another spend ages on it another nugget i got from that book was that um so she's talking about this base that's been under this mountain that they won't disclose that apparently our governments don't even know about it said that it, it, it exists almost in a different dimension like time she explained mm-hmm. like uh, eight hours there would be one minute on our, on our time, but you get there physically, you just pass through what she would call time juncture. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what's so important about this location? Why is this there? Why was it there when this planet was created? And she said that it is the reason your planet is so uh, sought after is because that specific location under that mountain is the exact center of the universe that's that's what she said and she said how does that work if the planet's always moving she's like it's a dimensional thing that we can't actually verbalize and explain to you but that would be the known the exact center point of our entire universe and what happens on earth affects everything because of that that's why they've been here for so many years mitigating these earthquakes volcanoes all these natural disasters They've been less pole shifts. They've been lessening the effect of them. So the planet doesn't get destroyed because it's absolutely crucial that this planet thrives and exists and makes it through this transition because of that specific location. Just, I don't, you know, if that's true, I don't know. But.
1: but it sounds when energetically, just from a psychic perspective, it da- does read true to me and it sounds like it's in a time warp bubble. So it's yeah, in that's a time exactly violation- what the displacement is- field.
0: Exactly. That's what she That's what found. I'm
1: getting. There's a tech, energy tech, that's doing this and it's keeping it hidden. I mean, I had an experience in Peru when I was astral traveling under the Amaromoro Stargate portal. And Amaromoro has been renamed something else now, but it's Amaromoro. And they have the Maldacian tunnel systems underground with the golden sun disk of Mu that can also change the orbit of the planet, stabilize it. And it's made out of gold, pure gold. That tech is underground. And there's also the Nucej Mountains in Romania right. and the Rad- Radu Cinemar books. Uh, that stuff is amazing. Right. They have bases, they have stuff under Iraq, portal systems under Iraq. When I remote viewed that, there's so much ancient stuff that's yet to be discovered. So it's not surprising what Dolores Cannon was talking about. It's huge energetic
0: base right mm. she described it as a time juncture uh and she said that there's actually multiple time junctures on our planet it's like this mm. dimensional crossover it's really hard to explain and she said a lot of the people who had missing time who thought they were taken while they're driving or walking sometimes they just accidentally walk through this time juncture and then they come back mm. and have this missing time they weren't actually taken it was just like a literal accidental. Mm.
2: So a lot of times it is because they were
0: taken. Yeah, else, exactly, you know, exactly. But both. sometimes it that's Probably another awesome. explanation. Yeah, yeah it's you another
1: explanation. Like falling into a time loop and the energy dilation matrix sequence of this place, that's just what I'm psychically getting. It's how it happens. Right. And people disappear in the Bermuda Triangle all the time because there's a crystal vortex energy left over from Atlantis. Mm-hmm. That's right. malfunction sometimes and it creates a time loop distortion. And it zaps people in with the electromagnetic frequency feel from the crystalline tower that's deep under the ocean. And it creates a vortex and somebody goes in and can be in the 1940s.
2: Different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah.
1: get they get sucked into a different timeline stream and they might be stuck there forever right. or they might not if, if the vortex reprograms itself and takes their genetic makeup back back where it currently is that has happened too so people ended up coming back saying
0: it was in the 1940s well the movie the final countdown that navy uh movie if you've seen that i think it's called the final countdown um john warner talks about it on our episode Mm. but it was like a navy recruitment uh movie back then but they in that movie they just they stumble across that happens they slip through this time portal in the middle of the ocean and they're they're in 1940s, right before uh, the Pearl Harbor attack. And they realized that they're in a different time. And they ended up trying to take advantage of it and stop the attack, whatever. And But they kind of depicted that that was how they stumbled across time travel and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, it seems to me like if, that, if there's any accuracy to that, um, they would have stumbled across it. And that's how they learned about it.
1: Yeah, Well, time looping, something that major has already happened, you, time to al- you try to alter it, it will still happen almost in the same way because it's a time loop. It's like the elastic, you try to break the elastic, it rebounds. That has already happened. That event has happened. So altering it can have consequential effects on present time or even the event itself. If it doesn't happen, something else here will happen to make up for it right Mm -hmm. elastic into place so Mm -hmm. it's like don't mess with what happened already you can make something worse happen in the present
0: right and that's it's funny how everything goes back to movies and i never even used to watch a lot of movies but until i like i recently been going and watching all these disclosure related movies but it tell they tell a story and and Mm then really there's a lot of truth to it but that's how it's always depicted you don't mess with the past ever and there's strict laws in place with time travel um, where you don't do certain things because you can alter the outcome of the future.
1: Well, certain ETs can change the timeline so a planet is not destroyed to to prevent major catastrophic events that are destruction-based, that are on the extinction level. They do alter that, so planets and people don't get destroyed sometimes there there's a caveat where you can change something if it's a extinction catastrophic event caused by man-made issues sometimes they could, you know change it around so the planet doesn't get destroyed so there are certain caveats with that kind of a time manipulation where it can be done to save a planet and beings but if it's like something that a war has already happened and the beings recover from that you don't go removing that war because it can cause something else to happen
2: right mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it makes sense were you gonna say something uh,
2: i was thinking about um i was listening to uh sean david morton on uh and michael Salah interviewing him a few weeks ago and he was talking about uh i want to say like some other insider that was saying talking about information of uh on a different timeline, our planet turned into a massive, more enslaved than we already are, like a massive just slave planet where like we had zero, zero freedom whatsoever. And it was just like, um, you know, completely, we had zero free will, zero freedom, like it was just completely enslaved. And like uh, the technology that's hidden, that's mostly hidden now was, was like openly just like used because we couldn't do anything about it, and we were just like completely locked down. So uh, what, what, like the ETs, um, or I can't remember if it was ETs or if we we were allowed to change. You said one thing in the past that, and and I forget what it was, but whatever they changed changed our timeline to where now we're not. It's not that bad anymore. Right. So it was like this one thing they did. Somehow they knew to, to change that one specific thing. That would alter the timeline to not quite right it's almost like it got so bad that they uh they had to step in like you said like if if the planet were to be destroyed or something major major that would be uh too bad you know yeah whatever whatever, you know if, or if the planet is special like you just yeah that, cannon, well, you know, and that's what
0: she she uh, even asked that question she's like can they maybe that's why yeah. she's like um can they is why are they allowed to interfere she's like it's not actually interference it's part of this you can call it an agreement or not a contract but an agreement so no even though they're not allowed to interfere with humans sometimes if it if the fate of the planet depends on it it's not interfering they're Mm. keeping up their end of the agreement to keep the planet Mm. safe
1: yeah well Mm. I mean, I remember from past life memory being a star guardian and sometimes altering time and preventing things and still doing this on this planet, certain missions, say source creator or my guides give me. If I choose to take it, I can prevent certain things from happening. Uh, it's not something I feel too comfortable talking about what I've done, but I've had that happen. And Third World, like, uh, world War III was prevented. Mm. we sort of know why uh mr t became president so uh the other one uh, the scorpion queen couldn't start world war (laughs) three
0: scorpion Scorpion queen Queen. and you guys know who i'm talking about oh
2: yeah
1: suit
0: right right oh yes
1: yeah so i'm talking code but everybody knows the code lingual so he became president to avoid that they put him in i was I was allowed yeah. to alter time to make sure he gets in and she doesn't, she doesn't climb the scorpion ladder and falls off the ladder.
0: Right. So, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah it makes there, a lot of sense. There was definitely an a, some altering of some timeline for all that to play out the way it did.
2: And it did seem like they were so sure she was going to win. It's almost like threw.
0: they were, they she, were hundred percent. It's, it's almost
2: like they viewed the future of that timeline, but then it was allowed to be changed.
1: Yeah, I knew three months before the election what would happen because they showed me World War III
2: and
1: Mm. the Scorpion Queen causing it and how it was massive. It was World War III everywhere on the planet, like everywhere. I believe it. Not just one particular place. It was everybody involved.
0: Well, they had their... That's uh, what they wanted. That's what they've been trying to create for a long time. Well, Agenda 2021, was it? Mm -hmm. Agenda 2021. They were... That's... If she got in in 2016, that would have been, that would have happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By 21, but for obviously sure. there was a major delay. So thank, thank God for that. And uh, right now, who, know, who the hell knows well, what's going on, but
1: uh, and yeah, yeah I, I know some of it. I was like, why is this old clone that's malfunctioning going to the president? I asked the, I asked source creator and he's like, to expose the darkness to expose everything mm-hmm. that is Dark, super dark, and I'm like, can I replace him with Mr. T again? No, you can't. You can't. You can't fiddle around with time. Time has to go as it should with this particular agenda to expose the darkness and the evil.
2: And that's what I've been saying. I'm like, people have to understand what we've been in. It has to be exposed and that's it's waking people up it's it's allowing us to see for ourselves even,
0: even the deepest sleeper is going to yeah. start to question like hey mm-hmm. something's not people right.
2: need to start questioning their reality and it's and it's forcing that with swimming and,
1: and yeah what we're seeing is a failing clone
0: that's yeah i mean yeah. going yeah. on it's yeah it's that's so it seems like it's so obvious. And mm-hmm. it's some, some of it almost seems intentional, like reading every word on the teleprompter. I mean, yeah. Repeat yeah. the line. End of quote. End of quote. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a comedy.
1: Yeah. And it really is a comedy. It's to show us why did 50% of people actually vote for that? People voted for that.
2: Maybe it was well, the, the election fraud. was yeah, so obvious good. too. It's almost like that was to expose that, you know, and to, well, Hey guys, way, it's rigged, you know? Yeah,
1: the way that Source Creator showed it to me, it was like 50% of people honestly voted for him and 50% was voter fraud.
0: Right. I believe that there was, believe, there's yeah. definitely people that voted for him, no doubt. But not 81 million. No,
1: no, no. <laughs> 50, 50% of people voted for him.
0: Right.
2: 50% yeah.
1: of the U.S. contingent voted for him. I can and believe was, that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's totally. what source
1: creator. Everything is shown to me in percentages. I'm like, 50%? That's huge. And like,
2: that's wow. even hard to believe, yeah.
1: Well, that's but what I was the, showing.
2: But the fraud made it seem like a landslide when it... Yeah, in fact, was yeah. Not. Yeah, and yeah. then they... The media tries to say, "Oh, well, it's, it's conspiracy theory. It's right. You know, well, There's no evidence when it's like mountains of evidence. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, mountains, is, mountains of evidence, but sweep it under a rug, hide it, and and don't take don't take it out to see the light of day. But the UAPs, yeah. man, what's happening now with those UAPs in Congress? It's yeah, the UFOs are acceptable, and they're saying those craft are uh, not human made. We don't know nothing about it.
2: Right. Not it's kind real. of
0: surprising. We're getting yeah, that. Narrative. I'm surprised. Root. Yeah. Um, but they also like again, there's plausible deniability in all of it. And I've been saying this. So mm-hmm. they're they're disclosing some of it, but it's all redacted. It's all it's all very there's a gray area, but there's it's also because they, they all have blood on their hands. People mm-hmm. have literally been killed and murdered trying to expose this stuff by these mm-hmm. corporations, by these governments, even military aspects of the military. So if they were to come out and say, hey, yeah, we've been doing this, we knew about this the whole time, they're admitting that they've been lying to us the whole time. And they're not going to do that. So they're trying to find a way to disclose everything without without telling on themselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, while Martin has been involved in reverse engineering crafts that they crashed, the E.T. Grays crashed on purpose. On purpose. And mm-hmm. they reverse engineer that, and that's the flying triangles the TR3, mm-hmm. the TR6, the TR10 and it goes on and on. And I mean look these tic tacs these gimbals obviously yeah it's a craft and it's piloted by somebody remotely with thought consciousness. It's too maybe it's too small for anybody to be physically inside it but it's power, but it is consciously intelligently powered. designed yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Intelligently designed and there's a pilot remotely piloting that thing And it's reconnaissance data gathering.
2: Yeah, it's an advanced drone. Yeah, right. Yeah. Planetary
1: Corp had me do that with Neuralink implants powering huge ships to see how well the new prototype is flying out in space remotely without any crew on. Mm
0: -hmm. Just
1: accessing the nav um, consoles holographically through the Neuralink implants. That's one of the things they had me doing in the space lab, as I call it um but
0: that's possible so yeah right Mm -hmm. i mean even even though we're getting this controlled narrative of a disclosure it's still a step forward um just because the concept is now accepted and not laughed Mm -hmm. at yeah even though it's even though it's still coming through the lamestream media
2: but the cabal still wants to try to steer it to like fulfill their agendas yeah a A threat narrative yeah Yeah. they want to create like a fake alien invasion and Problem reaction solution. What they've always done. Create this big, and then oh, we'll come in with this. This the solution is one world government that we control. You know the right. whole world economic forum. All of the you know build back mm-hmm. better. Like oh, humans are now hackable animals that we can control. And that myth of a soul. That's you know that's done. You know right free will. That's over. That's what stuff they're like openly saying now. And I'm wondering like, do they really think they're going to be able to get away with this? or Are they just like playing out a role now or?
0: Uh, I think, like you said, it's all being allowed to happen. I think it's so, being allowed. to show mm-hmm. everybody the extremes they're going to go to, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like, oh my god, like people are just standing up and they're they're done with it, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because again, it's like why repeat the past when we already know what the past was and the outcome? Why not change the present? And I think people are born with that cellular memory imprint to avoid. mistakes of the past so we don't do it again in the now or in the future we're born with the memories so why not just access them work with them and trying to try to change the present for a better world
0: exactly exactly and I, i think that's happening all across the board right now like all this ancestral trauma all this generational trauma all this stuff is finally coming to an end right now that's why so many people are having memories come back they're the, the stuff's being exposed uh this these younger generations are here to put a stop to these looping cycles that have been going on for generations and it's all ending right now and things aren't things people don't know how to respond to it even the planet you know it's it's it, it's a first a lot of first happening right now and mm-hmm. we're all here for long for the ride and, and sometimes it sucks sometimes it's beautiful uh, but we're here for it and we came here for that and we can't forget that
1: Exactly. We came for an experience and we're getting our experience to learn, to grow and adapt. Humans are amazing at adaptability. So mm-hmm. anything that's hidden eventually becomes unhidden. It's in the Dolores Cannon books. It's in my books, other people's books. All of it is part of the cycle of life. I I think the SSP stuff, the ET stuff, the abductions, the contacts, the, the UAPs, it's all interconnected. 100%. If you look... If you try to link one with the other, there's a link. I mean, is, this is probably a psyop. Gary Nolan from you know Stanford University's saying the CIA came to him and gave him reports to study how UFOs have radiologically damaged pilots' brains and left white matter lesion scars in their brains. So mm-hmm. that's going around everywhere right now. He's the it guy,
0: right? So for that, yeah. and
1: I, and and I am like, oh, that's familiar. I had white matter lesions when I removed my Neuralink implants. No problem.
0: So, and and it also, of course, they slapped a CIA label on that narrative. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? You know, it either it highlights CIA. I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah, we'll see how that plays out.
1: Well, he he's been talking about it everywhere. How exciting this is! because he created some technology that looks for blood abnormalities or something in a person. So he was given 101 reports and to interview these Navy pilots, military, aerospace contractors who encountered UFOs. And then they had white matter lesions show up in their brains and some cognitive dissonance and just burns. Some of them had burns and they're like, a UFO can cause this Yes, if a laser beam weapon from a UFO is directed at your brain, it could cook you. Right. My neural link implants were failing in 2017. The nanofiber gold was leaking in my brain causing inflammation in the left side of my brain where these four implants were. Uh, I went in and I had an MRI scan done. It was showing white matter lesions. I took the implants out, used plasma, like human plasma to heal the neurological damage. White matter lesions, scarred over, disappeared, went in and for my next MRI, no lesions, because Mm. there's no more implants in my brain and no more nanotech fiber gold leaking in my brain, causing inflammation. Problem solved. Mm. It's like, so if these Navy personnel, whoever, they were exposed to something from the UFO that was causing radiological matter coming in or a laser beam and they were, you know, cooked with it, no of course, they'd have physical damage. And he's yeah. trying to bunk that in and explain it how that can happen. Yes, certain UFOs can cause it. What the what is the intent of the beams on it? Mm-hmm. Right. So my neural link implants malfunctioned. N- nothing more to it. And since I didn't want to go back to the SSP, I said. They told me they can recalibrate it, but I have to go back into service on Mars. I'm like, no, thanks. I'll take care of it on my own. And I want you in my business. Hmm. So, you know, I can tell you, Gary Nolan and and the UFO and the radiology stuff, yes, a certain type of tech can cause white matter lesion damage in the brain. And he's trying to figure out what that is. I can tell you my neural link implants malfunctioned, and that's what caused my white matter lesions and removing them solved the problem. So the UFO goes away, it's temporary damage, it gets healed, but it shows up, the evidence shows up on MRIs and he's openly publicly talking about it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty Mm. profound. And it's gonna, um, it gives credit to a lot of the abductees who've claimed to have these anomalies in their body and there's no explanation for it. Now that we have some sort of official explanation, uh, doctors can start leaning that direction Slowly, it's gonna. It's inevitably becoming the reality. You know, the the future we're moving into. It's just one step at a time.
1: Yeah, and and the neurologists were telling me there's nothing that could physically heal these lesions because I had memory problems, I had vision problems, I couldn't remember anything. I was like, I'm a library technician, I'm a researcher, I need my brain, I need my mm-hmm. research capability. So I had medical information downloaded from my Neuralink implants that I started using hypnosis to retrieve cuz the implants were removed but the memory of the medical stuff stayed it was in deep hypnosis that I retrieved if you do certain type of plasma therapy you know subcutaneous uh, injections of plasma it will heal the brain neurological damage and that will be gone mm. like okay Biological drug serums on Mars. That's what <laughs> I was doing. I was like, right. what is the equivalent of this on Earth? Plasma infusion treatment. Subcutaneous mm-hmm. immunoglobulin therapy. To this day, I still get it at the blood bank and I transfuse it into myself and it keeps me healthier and happier.
0: Because mm-hmm. I had it,
1: I had autoimmune damage by done by the reptilians. So it mm-hmm. also heals the autoimmune system, the immune system. Oh, very so, nice. So uh, it's like this is why I got into hypnosis to get some medical information out of myself. Right. That I can do something with medical knowledge. Cause I was working in cybernetics labs. I was dealing with medical research that I am not trained for, but it was downloaded into my brain by these neuralink implants to allow me to do my cybernetics technician job on Mars. It's right. like, I, I, I need this education back. What's the fastest way I can mm-hmm. do it hypnosis so i went and got certified for hypnosis and past life regression for both right. so i could do it on myself and others
0: right and but, that's how i mean half of the information that i've shared has come from uh, hypnosis sessions mm-hmm. and obviously you know take some of that stuff take most of it with a grain of salt because it's not like there's going to be any way this they have solid concrete evidence of this stuff but it's one yeah. data
2: point it's a data mm-hmm. point
0: yeah but we can feel into it and in that you yeah. can feel into it mm-hmm. and does it resonate if it doesn't resonate then it's yeah. not for you yeah you know?
1: well if for me i was using hypnosis for to to take actionable medical data and apply it on my say it myself in a right. scientific way and i had to explain it to the neurologist in a very simplistic way so that somebody wouldn't be clued in that she's doing something a little extra here, you know?
0: Um,
1: And I, the way I just took medical data research, that's equivalent what it was in my, you know, hypnosis information found the equivalent medical data here on earth in terms that I could explain it to the neurologist to facilitate my treatment and get me going on my own infusions. I got some basic nurse training, got it done, do it every week. And it keeps me healthy. So wow, that's great. It, but I have medical knowledge that I really shouldn't for my implants. Hmm. I, I, I don't advertise that publicly, but that's what I have. And I use it to my advantage because it's actionable. The hypnosis stuff I wanted was actionable medical data. It wasn't to my ET stuff, my SSP stuff, all these experiences, no medical data that I can use on myself right. to heal.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, and that's bottom line. That's really the most important If If we want to even function in this society, we need to be healthy, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
1: Most use hypnosis to get past life information, to get information about who they are, what they are. I just wanted the medical data about the cybernetic lab stuff. That's.
0: Well, and there's also, like, you you know, quote, miraculous healings that come through these sessions, Mm -hmm. also, you know, Mm -hmm. via the higher self people experience that and it's tangible sometimes and you Mm -hmm. can't ignore that aspect of it either so it's it's really beautiful that more and more people are working with that because that's how that stuff that's how these concepts even get brought into this reality
1: and and i've seen some interesting tangible traumatic healing happen from hypnosis sessions that i've done but i use it mainly for memory retrieval right and um just to deal with traumatic stuff that have happened to people through the AT contacts, through the abductions, like what was it? Where's the trauma sitting? Let's get this piece of soul retrieval back into you. So you're not traumatized by being stuck by part of your soul, being stuck in this frequency right. of trauma, retrieving soul okay. fragments. Through and that's the crucial.
0: That's absolutely yes. crucial. Like that more than anything people need to heal from mm-hmm. uh, because holding on to that trauma is what creates these toxic behaviors and patterns and loops Mm -hmm. Uh, so we can we can heal that we can end that and then you don't pass that trait on to your offspring Mm -hmm. so it's very crucial and thank you for doing that um we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping this up though this has been absolutely wonderful thank you for joining us can you please plug any information websites links that you have
1: yeah, so uh, my website is Messages from a Star Traveler. Uh, you can just type in the name and it pops up um, on, you know, internet searches. My YouTube channel is a cosmic reality show. And people can just reach me through the website if they want to contact me. And I also written several books. Everything is published on Amazon. And that's all on my website as well. So and we'll have a look.
0: We'll have those links below. Mm -hmm. Um, all of them will be below so thank you so much for joining us Uh, thank you guys for tuning in Uh, we hope you enjoyed this thank you so much for your support we love you all and until next time have a great evening good night good night good night